Welcome to the Measure Success Podcast, where we feature top leaders on how they measure success in their business and life. Now, let's learn from their experiences. Mark Cox here, and I'm the host of Measure Success Podcast, where I talk about top leaders, about effective strategies that inspire success. I have Dr. Jeremy Wise with me here of Rise 25 who has done thousands of interviews with successful CEOs and organizational leaders who have flipped the script, and he'll be interviewing me today. Carl, thanks for having me. You know, to me, there's nothing more exciting, and I, I say this seriously, as metrics and KPIs, because that's, if you, if you can't measure it, you can't grow it, right? And so I'm excited about today's episode, and we're going to talk about one of the companies that you've worked with, and you're going to share some of the things you did to make a huge impact on their company and someone listening that will make a huge impact in their company. And before we get into it, this episode is brought to you by 40 Strategy. At 40 Strategy, you know they provide strategic planning consulting to help organizations realize and achieve their dreams. Basically, Carl, we know what that means, right? Your companies create and measure KPIs for success. And unfortunately, most organizations spend only 2% of their time or about 40 hours per year I thought you were going to say, you know, when we started talking about this, way more than that. Per year, building an effective strategy, that's crazy. And at 40 Strategy, that's why you need the 40 Strategy. Your success is their passion. And that's why organizations call you. It's not only that you come up with strategy, but you facilitate their teams with proven practices. And Harvard research shows, you know, actually when you use the right key performance indicators, you can triple your success. And you know who doesn't want that? So if you have questions, you can learn more, 40strategy.com or email them at catch at 40strategy.com. Carl, there's this company in the construction industry. Just talk about one of the biggest impacts that you had with them, and then we can you know get into some of the details. Thank you, Jeremy. And uh, once again, pleasure to talk to you. Glad the interesting part, what they did, they came to me is, is they said, hey, we have to solve this very specific metric. They, were, they had a specific measurement of within their process of how they get things done. And they're like, well, we need, to, we need to get this from, let's just say it took us you know, 20 hours and they want to get it down to 19 hours. And so that, that was their focus. Like, okay, how, how do we improve this 5%? And so that was that was there. And so I come in, I start learning a little bit more about the business. And I, I find out that it wasn't just about this 20-hour thing. It actually took you know, 160 hours to deliver their whole process and their whole flow. And and so the opportunity What was the difference there? Why was they thought it was 20, but it was 160? What what did you when you started peeling back the layers, what did you find? Well, that 20 was just one small element within their entire process to deliver their product. And, and so just by making that from 20 hours to 18 hours or 19 hours wasn't even necessarily going to make it any better. Because that part that we were measuring, and, and, and when you look at process flows and you look at something you go through, what they were trying to do ultimately, it was, hey, I want to fix a small little component. But if that's not your bottleneck, if that's not the thing that's causing delays in the entire process, it won't change that initial 120 hours of duration of how long it takes to actually get things done. So what, when we actually pulled out the 
layers, we found out that the entire effort. So let, let, once again, let's just, I'm just going to use some fictional numbers here a little bit, but, but 120 hours, the actual total work was about 40 hours. So, so there was 80 hours of waste. So the eye-opening kind of, you know, explosion opportunity here was, hey, can we take that 120-hour cycle time to deliver one of your widgets? And can we get it down to 60 hours or 80 hours? So we weren't just talking about a individual micro component of an individual process. We're like the entire cycle. Let's try to improve this entire thing by 30, 40, or 50%. Then your entire throughput just goes to the roof. I, I remember, Jeremy, I, I came home. Uh, this was an overnight trip that I had. And, and uh, I remember calling my wife in between the couple of days I was meeting with them. And I, I met with my wife like, oh my gosh, I was talking to the phone. I was like, I'm going to be able to save them millions of dollars. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't like uh, you know, fifty bucks, a hundred bucks, uh, ten thousand dollars. It was millions of dollars in, in potential improvement in their top line, and but ultimately even in their bottom line. So, um, and I actually shared it with the the owner um, the next day, and he just got fired up himself because he he knew it. He knew intuitively um, that this was going to make a huge opportunity success and and that they were the big surprise the big aha was understanding that entire process time you know it it doesn't matter the individual widgets if it's not a bottleneck now though i'm going to go into deeper level detail if it's your bottleneck if it's your most important thing you can you can't make it any faster you can't move things faster through the process if it's your bottleneck so that that particular process does matter, but when they're asking about their problem, it wasn't a bottleneck. So it wasn't have any impact in the total cycle time of what they were doing, and and so yeah, it was a, a wow, aha, and uh, we, it, uh, you know, frankly, I've been working with them for now over nearly a year because we keep on finding these opportunities that are like that, these just kind of game changer opportunities. I want to point out, you know, saving millions of dollars is only one of the things i mean when you do those things in increase efficiency you also you know improve customer satisfaction you improve you know staff satisfaction they're doing things easier faster so there's so many other things obviously there's a great bottom line metric but you know someone's clients and customers being happier is is huge also and that's what happens when you do it and just i want you to talk for a second because when what I'm hearing you say is someone came in, here's here's what we want you to look at. But really, when you go in, you assess the entire process as a whole because you're like, cool, I, I trust you, but I want to see for myself what are what's going to make the biggest impact because you've done this with many companies and identifying the bottlenecks. Because if someone points in the direction that's not even a bottleneck, you can make it more efficient, but you want big wins for these companies. So when you go in, just talk, give me an overview of the process. You go in, you look at the whole process, then what are you looking for and what happens from there? So we, we have an eight-step process that we go through with, we with our clients and, and we go through that in a training type approach where it's very interactive and I'm, I'm looking for them for feedback on what they do to think and for change management. You know, I, I call it strategic planning. 
you know, going from A to B, why are you going from A to B? But so I, I talk with them, what are you trying to accomplish and what are your goals? Because often people will ask questions of trying to solve something, but they really don't know what goal they're trying to get there. And then when I go through that cycle, I'm really looking for cause and effect. You know, what, what things can you, it's, it's, what things can you do input to create action on the output? So going through that scientific process, if you may, within a business and organization and thinking through that, hey, we want to get to this goal. All right, let's pull back. How are we going to get there? What are our strategies, so to speak, on how we're going to get there? And then let's measure it, you know, to start actually tracking to see if we're going to have an impact on those outcomes of what we're doing. And, And then through, so that's great. That's all the front end. But then we have to measure it going through. So in this design process of going through, I call it weigh the cargo, we evaluate their resource load. And we go, hey, we can't solve everything at once. So let's solve the biggest things, the most important things that's going to really make a difference. Then we we follow that we create a process, to, uh, a fancy word is calling strategic governance. A better word to say is we just keep some type of tracking going, uh, whether it's monthly or quarterly, um, no, no less than quarterly. Because what happens, what's crazy, Jeremy, is in strategic planning, we do surveys with our clients and non-clients when we do webinars and, and presentations. We found that only 20% of strategic projects even start on time, which is like nuts, right? Like people spend all this money on a retreat to get excited about doing something. And for me, honestly, I don't even want to do just to retreat with client. I mean, don't go wrong. I'll be happy to, 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 to be compensated for it and to do the work. But, but where I get excited about is taking those ideas and concepts and delivering it. Right. We didn't meet just to, to, to have a nice little retreat at a fancy place with some fine wine, you know, to go along with it. What we're really trying to do is create transformational difference uh, of doing that. So, so when people come to me and say, Hey, we just want to per, um, have status quo, it's, that's not a good value fit um, for them or for me. Uh, w- what I'm looking to help people out is give them guardrails and guidelines to get to that. So, Continuing along the process, just going through, we measure success. We measure leading and lagging indicators. Okay, the leading indicators, the outcomes. That's what almost everybody measures themselves by. But at the end of the day, you have to measure your leading in- indicators to get to your outcome. And then the last thing is we have reach our milestone. We have success. We learn from that. And then as soon as we get done with that, we figure out what we're going to do next. And, and, and why I say that is because... Um, this was an interesting thing. You, you may have read this before, but astronauts would get depressed when they finished, when they went to the moon. So that when they, they would go to space or, you know, this is for an astronaut, they spend their entire lives trying to get to space, right? They've accomplished the greatest thing they could ever do. And then most individuals to ever get through their life. And then they come back to earth, literally come back to earth. And they're like, what's my purpose now? So they found after they had ton of problems that the next thing with, with these individual astronauts having depression, they load them up with a new set of goals. And so that's what I like to do to some extent too, is like, okay, great. We, we just climbed that one mountain in the Cascade Range or Rocky Mountain Range. Now we're going to go to the other peak, right? Because you got to keep on moving forward. You got to keep on making a difference um, because otherwise you're going to fall behind, right? Things are moving so fast these days. If you just sit and wait, uh, you get that. And that's the one part. It's a little bit of an extra part that I put in my strategic planning process because it's, it's a continuous cycle. 
And, and, you know, the reason why Toyota is so extraordinary and, of course, has been well-written about the Toyota way, they do a million improvements every year because they just keep grinding. You know, they keep on grinding and make these small incremental improvements. Let, let people come to their plant and take a look at everything because they have no worry people can copy it because they know no way is going to people create a culture. So, so my belief is, yeah, great. You, you got from A to B, but we could do more than that. We could keep on making more money. We could keep on making a greater difference. We can have a greater organizational impact. If it's a not-for-profit organization, that's what we want to deliver. And, and so that's, that's the part of the eight steps. And, and we go through that. And I teach them a lot. And then I ask them questions along the way to make sure that do they, are they picking this up? Are they learning? Because often it's new. You know, uh, I don't know about you. I, a strategic planning doctorate is like a unicorn. They don't really exist here in the United States. You know, you, know, the, I, you mentioned in the, in the beginning, 2% of time people spent with strategy. And, and just because you do a retreat once a year does not make you an expert. Institute planning. Often people don't understand how to do it well. They don't do it right. They don't focus on the small little words in a sentence. Um, this is a dumb little thing, Jeremy, but I talk about bringing goals down to a 12-year-old level. So, meaning your, your nephew or niece who's 12 years old will understand what's happening. And so, I'll do that. I'll, I'll help go. And so, I'm talking with people like you, PhDs. Um, everybody I talk to in a room is high achievers. There's no slackers. But they just go nuts and they like write these 16 sentence goals. And I'm like, no, we need to get this down to like eight words. And, and then that creates the power because wh- why things fail often is when they send it after that treat down to the actual managers who are going to accomplish it, they have no idea what they meant to the retreat. <laughs> no idea. And so, so we make it try to clear and clean. And, and often I'll actually, after the retreat, I'll work with those managers to actually start for, I, defining the how. Um, tripping back a little bit, one more thing just on it is, is the resource element. Because I work with high achievers, they think it can get everything they want to get done, but then only 20% would actually start things on time. It's because they put too much in their plate. I call it the Thanksgiving effect. And, and so, you know, we all think we can have Thanksgiving dinner every day. Well, we did. We'd be sleeping all the time, right? From the tryptophan, you know, we'd be way overweight, you know, from doing it on a regular basis. So, so what I... Um, Part of my job is to help them say it's okay to say no or it's okay to do it later on. Let's push it out. And, and through that process, um, we focus on the right things, we prioritize, and they get things done. And, um, and through those elements, that's, that's how we go through it. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun for me because even though it's the same core process, people are broken at different elements of it. You know, and, and so there's so many opportunities along the way just to make their part of what they do great. And it's fun finding those missing link or links so they can make a greater difference. Carl, I love when I talk to you because it's, it's putting the vision into action, not just identifying it, but actually making those not incremental changes, but transformational changes. I want to point people, thank you for having me. I want to point people to 40strategy.com, learn more. They can email catch at 40strategy.com if they have other questions. I have so many more questions, but we will save them for another episode. So check out more uh, episodes of the podcast. Thanks, Carl. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Measure Success Podcast. We'll see you again next time to learn from the best. Remember to subscribe now to get future episodes.